Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast, where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Gina Bianca podcast to Salon Ownership Unfiltered. Today, I'm here with one of my really good friends, Katie Radu. She owns Rarity in Sacramento, California. I've had the pleasure of teaching at her salon, I think like four or five times. We have gotten close over that time. And we also connected through a similar business coaching background. Uh, from education that we got together in Connecticut. And we've gotten to spend like a good amount of time together talking about our salons. And every time I talk to Katie, I am so inspired and motivated. Last time I talked to her, I was like, stop talking to me because now you make me want to open a team-based salon. (laughs) I was like, I need you to stop talking to me because she's so inspiring. So welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking with you. It's so fun. I just get so jazzed up. I know me too. We always have like the best conversations and thank you for doing this for, you know, donating your time. I know you're so busy right now, especially. So thank you for making the time. Oh, my pleasure. Awesome. So if you would like to start of uh, just an introduction to yourself or anyone who doesn't know you, like, where are you from? Talk about, you know, how you started, just give us a little intro. Yeah. So, um, I have been a salon owner for eight years now, a stylist for 10. I opened a salon very early in my career. And before that I took my shot at being an accountant, um, for a little bit. And then I was like, screw that. I'm going to beauty school. Like what is, what is life if you're not living your dream? So, um, kind of went full force into everything. And so, yeah, I've been a salon owner now for eight years and it it's, truly, truly something. (laughs) It's, it's wonderful. And it's a a blessing and a curse and all the emotions and everything all wrapped into one. So I I don't think I could do anything else. I love it so much. I love that. Did you say you were an accountant? Did you go to school for that? Yeah. So I went to Sac State University. I got my business degree. I was, I graduated college when I was 20. I wasn't even able to drink yet. And, um, yeah, I was like, I'm going to go out into the world and this seems like a sensible career. And I was just so motivated and I wanted to, you know, I was like, what is the, what is the most versatile thing I can do where I can, you know, go work for any company or I can open my own business or whatever. So I got a county degree and then the logical next step is to go work for a CPA firm, which is what I did. And I was an auditor. So I was traveling around doing audits it just wasn't for me. And so um, very, very, very difficult uh, job. I tip my hat to anybody who does that job, because you you are an absolute diamond in the rough. So um, yeah, and I, I wasn't able to cut it. And so I had a little uh, what do I do with my life moment as everyone should in their early 20s. And um yeah. And I did my career chain. It's like, it's like a get out of jail free card. You, you know, you got to try something out. And then if it doesn't stick, you get a one get out of jail free card, at least 
And then you got to make the jump and just like live out what you know your calling is supposed to be. Because it takes, you got to throw some things out there before you find what sticks. Do you think that your accounting degree and all of that has helped you be a successful salon owner? Because you're a very successful salon owner. You have like a really lit operation going over there. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like if you don't understand numbers, like it, it's difficult. Like you're basically, you know, walking blind um, because like your, your numbers tell the story of everything that you're doing. You know, if, if your numbers are working against you, then you're a short timer. And, um, that that's a scary thought because anybody who has a salon has put, has invested something in there, whether it's your, you know, finances and your time or whether it's your heart and soul, (laughs) you know, uh, but you know, you have stuff on the line when you own a business like that. And so if your numbers are working against you, it, it, can it's going to have a a finite you know time limit um so that's scary you got to know it so having an accounting background was awesome and and even just knowing how to work a spreadsheet that alone is just a huge huge skill that any salon owner can benefit from absolutely i feel like if i didn't know how to work a spreadsheet i would not be where i am today (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And at first I think like spreadsheets, they're so overwhelming and all you see is like squares and numbers. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, here's the whole story of what's going on in my business. And you learn to love them. And they're actually so powerful. And like, if you learn how to work formulas and you learn how to like derive information from that, which is really my job as an auditor, um, then you like you're, you can see the whole story of what's going on in your business and you can really find like, Hey, where are the weak spots? Like, that's what you want to look for in your numbers. You want to look for what the weak spots are. Um, so yeah, that, that was super, a super powerful skill to have going into it. Yeah. I love it. Spreadsheets are just like, they're calculators. They're calculators. Calculator of information. You just have to know like what to look for. Exactly. Um, Okay. So what other training do you have, uh, as being a salon owner, because I'm asking everybody this because a lot of the time people just see where you're at now and they don't see like what it took to get here. So do you have any other training? I know we worked with strategies together. Yes. Um, what other training do you have that you want to share about? Yes. So I, I mean, obviously, you know, got, became a cosmetologist, started doing hair, um, got a bee in my bonnet, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit that pops up, you know, you want to do your own thing and just like see what what you can accomplish. And so opened my own salon. And then eventually, and we can get deeper into this story, because you were a big part of this, I landed into strategies and strategies, they kind of, I mean, I want to say they wrote the book on the team based model, like they've been doing it for a long time. And they have it down to an absolute science. And it was kind of interesting, because when I looked into it, I was like, oh, they, ha- they give you really cool spreadsheets, you know, and you recommended them to me. And um, once I got into it, I'm like, this is the, this is the model, like it's been working. And so um, yeah, that I did so much training, engaged them for coaching. So I've been working with them as coaches for four or five years now. And um, yeah, and it's, it's been an incredible model. And I've learned so much from them. Yeah. I worked with them for about four years. I think when I had my team-based salon 
And it was amazing. Michael, my coach, I did a whole series with him on the podcast and he's so amazing. I just love him so much. And he was really there for me and like has been through everything with me with my salon business. And a lot of the problems I had at the salon were just me. Like the reasons that like I struggled as an employee-based salon owner were me. It was like my ego and a lot of that stuff. They really did write the book and they have like it down to a science. Like you said, like the, all of the tools like were there and I really yeah. am grateful for that. So your team-based model. Yeah, yeah. So your team-based model. So the team next based. questions are about rarity. So tell us yeah. about rarity, the business model, the vibe, tell us all about it. Yeah. So rarity salon was not always team-based. Like we pivoted hard multiple times. So we started out commission and then I was like, all of a sudden the, I mean, this was a whole industry trend. We all went to rental. And so I was like, cool, great. I'll be a landlord. And um, yeah, started renting chairs out. And then that really took away from my ability. I mean, you have to have like the boundaries between you and your renters where you're like, Hey, you are a business person. Like I'm, I'm your landlord. I'm not so much your boss, you know? And so, um, you know, like you create culture within your environment and you have your standards and everything for the way that you run your environment. But that kind of really took away what I felt was one of my strengths and what, where I was able to pour my heart into, which was just kind of like leadership training, you know, kind of steering the vision. And so, um, I, I met you at a really pivotal time when I was like, okay, where to next? I didn't even know that the model existed. And, um, so you were looking for a host salon for a class. And I was like, I, I just need something. And I was like, me, I have a, I have a salon that fits people. And, um, yeah, so you came to the salon for the first time. And I was, I kind of like told you, like, shared my heart a little bit of what my salon was going through. And you're like, Oh, you need to go do team based. So I'm like, yeah, let's do team based. So we did that, right. And so um, all of a sudden, I had the tools to create the culture, the brand, the skill set, the um, the the group of stylists that I wanted, and I can create like, be a, a dreamer a little bit, and I could be a leader. And that's what I, and deep in my heart, what I truly wanted to be, even though I, I would, is it easier? No, it wasn't at the at first for me. Is it now? Yes, it is because that's in place. But um, initially, like I was running off the excitement of, hey, now we can create who we really want to be. So what is rarity? Rarity what is team-based really, you know? And, um, it's just, you even changed the name. Yes. We rebranded. We used to be 29. Yeah. And, and then I was like, let's start from scratch. Let's create a whole new salon and really quick. Like you, like, you're not afraid to pivot. Like you are literally the definition of like the fearless leader, the fearless entrepreneur. Like you change the name, you change the colors, you change the business model. I'm sure you got rid of a ton of people. Like, and even when the industry was changing, you're like, let's try booth rental. Like, let's try this. Like, I mean, I don't always recommend people change everything nonstop, but when you like knew this is where we're going, like you're not afraid to rip off the bandaid and go no. for it. Not to be confused with someone who doesn't know what's going on and can't make up their mind, but somebody who like sees the vision or they, they've cultivated yeah. the vision and we're going this way. Who's coming. 
Well, a hard pivot like that, when you scrap something, it's because the alternative is to wither away and die. It's not like, oh, we have so many options. Like, let's change our paint colors. It's like, no, my business model is leading me to a slow, painful death. It's leading my business to a slow, painful death. That's what it feels like as a salon owner. And um, it's like a a method of survival. And I think about it in the past 10 years, how much our industry has changed. It's been insane. Like the pivot was the only option. And you have to, in that moment, be so wise. You have to stand, get out of the tree, stand back, look at the forest. Okay. Look at the big picture of where the industry is going and say, what is really going, where can I be successful? Where can I take this business that it's going to thrive? And you have to be really brutally honest with yourself. Cause sometimes that means losing people that you love. Sometimes that means scrapping something that you poured your heart and your soul into that in your money, you know, and sometimes it means exerting a lot more money, you know, like rebranding and investing in marketing and, you know, redesigning and things like that's hard. Uh, retraining employees who are want to be a part of your new vision. That's hard. But was the sacrifice worth it? Yeah, it really was. And that like, if you are scared to, to take that next step, and you know that the spot that you're in, you're not growing, that, that's all it's ever going to be. And that's scarier than going into the unknown. Because mm-hmm. at least in the unknown, you have options, right? <laughs> at least you're taking a step forward where you're giving yourself more options. But if you're in a space where your business is your only option is that you're fading away, then, and, you know, that's scarier than anything else. So uh, like when you're in that moment, the only good option, it's scary one or scary two. So it's either scary, I'm going to die or scary, I'm going to go step out into the unknown. And that's where you have to pivot and be really strategic about what you're doing. So that's what we did. Yeah. Amazing. And so you're team-based, but Mm -hmm. there's something very different about your salon, which is that you're a niche salon. And some people say they're a niche salon, but I feel like you're really a niche salon. Talk about rarity, what you're known for, what you do. We do extensions. We are all about custom color extensions, marrying the two so that they live seamlessly together. And we, um, and I've found that a team-based experience when doing extension services, because it is so labor intensive and they're, you're essentially juggling two clients. You're the hair as a client that you're doing a full color service on. And then you have your client who you want to have a good experience. And as an individual, you can get so frazzled going between the two, but within our model, it works. It works so beautifully because we're helping each other. And, um, you know, with some, we have two people available to work on one working on the hair, one working on the client. Does it make a difference to each person's income? No, it does not. And it only adds to it because the service is a beautiful experience for the client because everything is like boom, 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 boom. I'm able to fit extra clients in because of that, because I'm not stepping away for an hour to go color extension hair when I should be, you know, fully invested in the, uh, the service experience for the client that's in my chair. 
you know? So we just really maximized all the capability of team base and applied it to extensions. And it is so, it's such a great experience. It's so rewarding. It works so well. And something you said to me, um, which I was just like blown away by it when we were talking last time. Um, and then I, I want to like rewind after and kind of go into what team based is. Cause some people might yeah. be like, what's team based, but, yeah. um, something you said to me, you're like, yeah, you, you can't compete with my salon when it comes to extensions because it's team based, like a team, yeah. like a niche salon. I forget what you said, but you were just like, you just can't compete. Like our service is just better. Like it's just better. Yeah. And I was just like, that is so true. And my salon, Gina Bianca Hair, before we closed, uh, we were team-based and we did major business with extensions. And because mm-hmm. there were so many of us and we worked together, it was the best experience for a client. Like I can barely do extensions now because I need to hire someone to like retape them, do all the stuff and or color yeah. them or, you know, it and you know, I'm doing so many other things. It's like hard to master coloring extensions when you're not a niche in that, you know? Yeah. So, um, that was just something that really stuck out to me. Yeah. Like, and you can't not in a, yeah. And not in a catty way, not in a like screw everybody else. Like it's just me looking at my business and how can I make it the best it can be? And how can I make it the best option for clients who are looking for an extension salon? And and that's, that's what we came up with, you know, because if you think about it at, from a client perspective and putting yourself in their shoes and they're thinking, I'm going to spend big buckos. Like let's, let's not forget as stylists that everybody works hard for their dollar. So when they're deciding how to use that and they're thinking, Hey, am I going to go spend time with somebody, you know, who's in, in, in no shade at all, but somebody who's an individual who, you know, they're ghosting me in DMs. They, they take days to get back to me. What if a stitch pops loose? What if a bead starts to slip? You know, things like this. What if they, what if the color starts to fade and it doesn't match anymore? And I can't get a hold of this person. Like instead you know, they have a whole team of stylists they could reach out to through DMs. They have a front desk that they could reach out to who is directly, you know, in communication, has everybody's books in front of them. They can say, yes, I can get you in in an hour. Someone's available to do a beat with anybody with anybody. And it makes no difference to anybody on the team. We're all available to all of our clients to service them whenever. If one of my clients needs to get in or needs to move their appointment and I'm booked out for as far as the eye could see, but somebody else had someone reschedule, they can get in with one of my coworkers and they can get what they need, move their appointment to when they need it. It's the convenience. It's the accountability. And not only that, it's the amount of time and how present we are during the actual service because I'm not frazzled running between extension hair and my client, you know, and not only that, but we have two assistants who are helping blow dry and who are making, you know, iced lattes with almond milk. And we have a, um, a receptionist who can come over to the chair when we're curling and who can get them all checked out and who can package their retail, who is fully versed on all of our product lines. And, you know, it's just such a comprehensive experience. It's faster. 
and um, it's just more pleasant for this us as stylists too, because I'm not as drained from running around and, and having it all be on me for a super high value service, you know, like it's, 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 there's a weight that comes with that when you provide an extension service, like you want to honor your client and the investment they're making with you. And if you, if it's just you, it's like the stress is so much higher, so much higher than when you have other people around you helping you who are able to, you know, add to that service. So it, it just makes so much sense. Yeah. You know, I work with a lot of extensions artists with coaching and stuff like that. And like, you know, a client will reach out and they'll be like, Oh, like, you know, when it's just one person, someone reaching out for something like that, or if something's not right, it like will throw off your whole week because you just don't have time to deal yeah. with people. And, you know, for new clients, and I experience this a lot, believe it or not, with a lot of renters, yeah. nobody responds. Like people yep. don't respond and it will take like two or three weeks to get a response, let alone get in with yeah. somebody. So yeah. when you said that, you're just like, yeah, it's just the best experience you can't compete with. Like, like mm -hmm. we're a salon. And I was just like, that is freaking brilliant. And yeah. if I were getting my extensions done, you know, I love my stylist. I get my extensions done with, but if I'm like, yeah. just like someone on the street looking for a salon or looking for, to get my extensions done. And I yeah. saw the two things I, I feel like yeah. it's easy to market. Like this is the experience that you're going to have. Like, I just feel like it's yes. so much easier. So, you know, totally. like you said, it's like not throwing shade at one or the other. There's a million ways to do things, but as a salon owner, okay. being able to offer that full on experience is next level. Yes. Yes. Next and level. if you're a stylist, you can do it all on your own and everything runs seamlessly. That is so amazing. I tip my hat to you. Like it's, that's such a skill, such a skill. Well, hopefully they'll learn from this and make their own salon where, you know, <laughs> or at least hire an assistant at least. Yeah. But it's, like, it's I mean, very helpful. I, I really want this series to help people who've wanted to own a salon to maybe think about all the mm -hmm. different models that there are yeah. and like what you want your life to look like, what your vision is. So, yeah. um, all right. We talked about the business model. We talked about how you're a niche salon. Let's talk really quickly about what it, it's not really possible to talk quickly about it, Yeah. but what is the team-based business model? Yeah. So everybody in my salon is an employee. They are on a W-2. We get paid hourly. Um, and that sounds really scary to a lot to, in this day and age in our industry, like getting paid hourly and, you know, like it, it feels like you lose control over how much money you can make. Um, and that's something I really took into consideration. But um, one thing that I am also able to offer with the basis of this model, and we'll get into how we modified it to make it, you know, provide that outlet for growth in just a minute. But like, th there's definitely things that we offer here that make it spectacular, such as healthcare, 401k, paid time off, like all of my, my stylists have all that they're all buying houses, they're all, you know, buying Tesla's like doing beautiful things with their lives just because of the sheer stability of their income. Um, and like, we're just looking, we check in with our retirement accounts. And if you're a stylist, and you don't have a retirement account, like get get on it because 
like there there's an end to this there really truly is an end to this at some point and you we need to be prepared we like our bodies don't last forever just a side note but those are so many benefits to the basis of this model so how did we take that and say look at the rest of the industry and say okay how am i gonna provide something that is going to give these you know, stylists an opportunity to grow and feel like they're getting something more out of it and that they're not being, you know, um, held back by this model. And that's where we modified extensions for that. Um, and they, we do do a additional like commission on the extension services because all of our stylists invest in their education for that. And so that's kind of like where, we know what the salon needs out of it to be successful, to, to give everybody these amazing benefits to, um, to run on a daily basis and to not, you know, ha to have a cushion and a savings account and things like that. We know what that takes, but on top of that, you know, when you have these services that they're highly skilled, tons of tons of money invested in education um then we're able to create a, a really rewarding commission to our stylists for that where they're able to really really reap the rewards of everything that they put into like going into that niche and that's been an, such a rewarding thing for me as a salon owner to see and um yeah. So it's, it's great. So what does that mean? Practically, you know, that that's the pay structure. Um, practically when they walk into the salon, what is the work experience? Like everybody is basically, whether you have a client or not, you're being paid. That's great, right? There's a lot of ups and downs in art industries. And when the good times are good, they're really good. When they're bad, they're really bad and really stressful. And we don't ride those waves at the salon. The salon does as a whole, but they're really mitigated and they're really evened out by it being spread across the team. So we don't feel those ups and downs as hard as we would if it was just like one individual and, you know, you get like three cancellations in a week. And then you're like, Oh, shoot, am I able to pay my rent, you know? Um, so that that's a huge benefit to the model. But um, because everyone's being paid, whether they have a client or not, if somebody has a gap, if somebody has downtime, like we like to keep everybody about their books about 80% full, if they're 100% full, we don't we don't we're trying not to kill them, um, you know, and overwork anybody but 80% full gives some wiggle room to where people can, you know, teamwork together. I mean, if, if we had a you think back to beauty school when you're learning and you get a client and, you know, you're sitting there on the floor and you're waiting for clients to practice on and, you know, you grab a friend for a full highlight because you don't have your speed down yet and it's fun and it takes the stress off. That's what we have made work for seasoned stylists and it makes no difference to their paycheck whatsoever. It doesn't take away. It doesn't add. And it, um, everybody makes a, a nice, even steady income with that. So that's kind of the beautiful thing. And what it really boils down to, like, it's wonderful for the clients to experience team base because there's so much support coming in from all angles so that their stylists could be fully present. But because the stylists are so supported by everybody else on their team, myself included, 
it's so much less stressful coming into work. Like if we have a color cor surprise color correction, if something's gonna, if somebody wants a full instead of a toner, you know, we're able to do that because everybody jumps in and everybody helps. And so we're like, when we have an opportunity to kind of like build services and like provide what the client needs as a team, like we, we show up and we deliver and everybody's doing it and it doesn't stress anybody out more than they should be. And it, it's just such a supportive work environment. I, I'm a huge fan. I love that. But strategies, do they like, so with the mm -hmm. commission on the extensions that it's definitely not like 100% team-based pay, like they, I'm yes. sure they would be like, no. So I want to just put a disclaimer that <laughs> yeah. if you want to do team-based business model with strategies, do yeah. not go to them and say, but I want to do this, but I want to do that, but I want to do this. No. I would definitely say like, if you customize stuff that works really well for your business, good, yes. but this is in no way like saying that strategies teaches it this way because they don't. And they do I want to make sure, yeah, I want to make sure that we put that just so I don't get a phone call or anything. <laughs> yes. No. And I, I had to kind of like, we definitely went back and forth uh, uh, with this because, and they were so diligent about making sure that it was going to work for me. Like at the end of the day, they have my best interest as a salon owner at heart. And so, um, you know, I, I was getting into some kind of uncharted waters and I was kind of going back to like, well, look at my spreadsheets and look at my accounting background. I, I ran the calculations and it's going to work. And, but they really, really had an eye on it because their, their model truly does work. And it, they're like stylists who are looking for that team-based environment where it, it takes the pressure off of like, essentially, you know, if you own a studio, you, you are a salon owner. And, you know, you have all the responsive, many of the responsibilities aside from maybe having employees that a salon owner does. And if you're looking for kind of the other end of the spectrum from that, where as a stylist, where you just really want, you know, a steady, stable environment where, you know, if you're burnt out on the stress and anxiety of this industry, that's, that's the way to go. Like, it's, it's awesome. Like, how, not how everyone people... is meant to open a business. And I think like in no. our, in our industry, like with social media and with a lot of people sharing, like you should do this, you should do that. Or like, you know, people having yeah. traumatic experiences in salons mm -hmm. and then going rental and then being like, wow, this really sucks. Like, yeah. I think it's good to know that there are other options and I'm glad that there are salon owners like you, like making that happen. Um, yeah. and paving the way for people who maybe do want to have employees and have that really stable environment. Because like you said, there's so like, you're describing like this utopia, like you're yeah. describing that you're describing this like amazing place. We have yeah. health insurance. We have a great wage. We have, you know, all of these amazing things and yeah. the how, cause it's like, anyone can talk about like, mm -hmm. it's great, whatever, but like yeah. how you get there is hard work, knowing your numbers and yeah. creating that culture. It's not just like an accident, how it happens. Yeah, you have to have it so dialed in because obviously you want to pay your stylist as much as you can, as much as your budget will allow at all times. Like you, you want to give that to the people who work hard for you as a salon owner, like that, that's, that's part of your heart, you know? And, but, um, you have to have all your other numbers so dialed in, uh, all your margins, how much you're spending on color, how much you're spending on paper towels. If you have extra amenities, like 
like we have a coffee, an espresso bar. It's like a little cafe. Like we, um, how much are we spending on coffee and syrups and milks and things like that? Like that can all sneak up on you and you won't even know why you've been losing money. And so you have to stay on it at all times. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 that's the work right there as a salon owner. Yeah, totally. And in order to have like those, like you said, it's in order to have all those nice things, everything else has to be dialed in. Yeah. So what is your daily role? So it's definitely evolved as our systems and processes have gotten in place. So I think I mentioned earlier, like when we started, there was a lot, like we were building a salon from scratch. I, that like, that was a whole, you know, mountain to climb out the gate. And so just re realigning the the vision, you know, what are our core values? Who are we? Who, who is our ideal client? You know, all those exercises that are so great to go through as a person who's starting out, you know, as a stylist or opening a salon. And um, yeah, so you, you start out with creating your culture from scratch, right? And then from there, you know, all of a sudden you're able, you know, things start clicking, you know, everyone gets the hang of what you're creating. Everybody gets on board with the culture. And then you go to, okay, when I walk in, uh, in the morning or somebody comes to open, it used to be me. What is the first step? Do I, you know, set the alarm? I, you know, run my reports for the day. I check the books, I check the phones, you know, and so you get those little systems and processes in place and then you pass them, you're able to pass them on to other people within your company. And then you as a salon owner get freed up to really steer the leadership over time. And so now we're at that point where I get to be like the dreamer of where do we want to take our salon? What do we want to do? What's the next step? And um, we and our team is dialed in where I have people who are supporting me as a leader where they're taking on things like I mean, I have an amazing woman, Marin, who has been with me for so many years, shout out to her, because um, she does our marketing, she does a lot of HR, she does assistant training, like her and I powwow, and we put all these systems and processes together. And she's been with me since out of beauty school, having somebody on your team like that, as someone who has a team based salon, is worth every penny you could put on their paycheck, because they are the ones who enable you to steer the ship. And that in itself, if I'm stressing out about having to run to the store to get coffee creamer, I can't figure out how how am I going to market my salon and keep our books full? I can't figure out how am I going to hire and train the best people who believe in this vision? If I can't figure out, am I losing money? You know, so you're brain needs to, as a salon owner, needs to be freed up from those tasks that other people can do so that you can do what only you can do. If that makes sense. Yeah. So are you behind the chair? Like day to day, like what are you doing? I am behind the chair three days a week and I am the rest of the time I'm running numbers. The rest of the time I am, you know, working on all behind the scenes, if you're a salon owner, you know, you know, resolving anything with HR, making sure everybody has everything they need, plotting, um, not plotting, planning what we're going to do, you know, down the road. And, you know, as of right now, we're moving our salon. So 
that that's a, you know, a whole nother thing into itself, but day to day, I do work behind the chair that enables me to stay kind of like in it to stay current. It, it helps me to train um, new stylists to, you know, what's going on behind the chair. If I, if I step away from behind the chair for too long, I feel like I get rusty and I'm not able to train. And then all of a sudden there's a huge disconnect between my leadership and what my, my stylists are looking to me. They're like, Hey, how do, how do we improve our skill? How do we provide a better service? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't been doing services. So it's critical for me to stay behind the chair at least a few days a week. That's, that's how I feel. I think it's good that you like figured out the best way that you lead is behind the chair. Like for me, that was a huge struggle for me. Like when Mm -hmm. I first opened my salon, I was behind the chair seeing like five clients an hour training three people at once. And I was in the trenches, head down, working, making at least $2,000 a day and crushing. And then my clients, they would get to know the assistant when the assistant's ready, they would move to the assistant who's now a stylist. And there was a point where I was so burned out with everything that I just walked away from everything. I didn't work behind the chair. I moved all my guests mm-hmm. and I was, I would be in my office and I was working with strategies at the time very heavily. And I would be in my office working on spreadsheets, working on numbers, working on marketing. And I, I also was working heavily on my extensions business or my, I'm sorry, my education business. Yeah. And it really like, I was spending very little time in my salon, a lot of time on education, but I couldn't go on the floor because I felt so guilty and I mm-hmm. really disappeared from my clients, my team, like everybody, like everything changed when I just pulled myself off and it was all based out of overwhelm. Like mm-hmm. I was just very overwhelmed with growing on social media, building my education, like everything that I was doing, it just made sense to just like stop. But I really wish I like, well, I don't wish anything because I'm really happy with where I am now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, during that time, I didn't know how I led the best. Like I didn't know. Yeah. Like I didn't know. So like when you find something that works and you get to know yourself as a leader and you get to know yourself with your team, even asking your team, you know, they would tell me like, you know, I was just talking to Farhana, um, and the previous episode that we just did about like your team is like, yeah, when you're not here, we feel it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's a compliment, but it's also an ouch. Yeah. Like, oh my God. So like being on the floor is critical if that's the best way you lead or if that's what everybody is used to. And if you are going to transition away from that, it's a very delicate thing to do. That's why when I opened the network, I made it so I'm never there. (laughs) Yeah. I'm there like four days a month because I I want them to be excited when I'm there, not wondering where I am when I'm not there. And it's a completely different model. You know, it's a completely different model, but I wanted it to be set up differently because I wanted to focus on my education. So I love that, you know, how you lead the best. And I love that you stay current. And I love that you train all of your people because I, when I was doing that, my salon was at its best. And I think it really takes like a lot of self revelations about like how you do the best. hundred percent. And it takes like a lot of trial and trial and error, finding that sweet spot, because like, there was definitely some times when I was behind the chair way too much, like five, sometimes six days a week, like 10, 12 hour days. And I'm like, you know, I'm in it with my team and, you know, wanting to put in as much work as you see them putting in and wanting to be, you know, in the trenches with them. But at the same time, like, like this, the ships without a captain too. 
So like it's finding that sweet spot. And sometimes being in the trenches with your team doesn't always look like taking clients behind the chair. Sometimes it's taking classes and coming back and educating and doing models with them and doing social media with them and just being present with them at work and pouring into them. Sometimes that like, that's another version of being in the trenches, but like for me, like working on clients is, is just the best way for me to really stay current and, you know, with the size of our team and what we do. So that's, yeah. that's the sweet spot. Find your sweet spot. Yeah. And it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Now, a couple, couple questions about your employees. So yeah. I think, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't you guys all work the same schedule? Uh-huh. Yep. We do. <laughs> I love, I love yeah. that. Yeah. So we just, we just got this in this past year, we basically, everybody was working four days a week. Like I think we maybe had like one or two stylists that wanted to work five and the ones who did work five were getting like our assistants and our receptionists were getting burnt out on those five days. Cause we, we all know five days as a stylist, it's, it's, a lot like you you're drained you're physically hurting working five days on the floor you know and um so what we did was because we had a lot of staggered four hour or four day schedules eight day or eight hours a day we got everybody on the same four days so we all work I'm like give me four days everybody eight hour days that's it and have a three-day weekend chill and we got all of our support staff on the same schedule instead of staggering it we essentially are you know it dialed our payroll in a lot because sometimes if you have one stylist in because they they like coming in at 9 a.m on a tuesday and then everybody else comes in at 10 or you know it's like you have to for us because we do have assistants we do have receptionists and you know, that's all part of the client experience. Um, we do have, you're, you're paying, you know, everybody to be there. They have to wake up early to accommodate that stylist. So it was like, nope, let's all get on the same page. Let's all dial the schedule in. Let's all be consistent. So there's no confusion for our clients. And so we're all there four days a week. And it's just like all of our back to numbers, all of our numbers just went and they just all went right into the right place. And so that, that was beautiful. Having a three day weekend built into this model, like just because we're employee based doesn't mean that you have to be on this like super rigid, you know, crazy five, five day a week, you know, 10 to six schedule all the time. You know, it, it could be what, what you make of it as a salon owner. Awesome. Is it Tuesday through Saturday? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Love that. I'm just waiting for you guys to close on the weekends now. Uh, Yeah, I know. I think that that's a long-term goal um, to go uh, Tuesday. Well, right now it's Wednesday through Saturday, four days. So I think we're going to go Tuesday through Friday in the future because we're moving right now. It's like not too many things at once. Let's not rock the boat too much, but that's definitely a dream. I loved how you, how you did that. I remember you did that at your, uh, at Gina Bianca and it, I'm like, that is so lovely, like allowing your stylist to be off on weekends, like awesome. 
Yeah. Having, having weekends off and closing on the weekends is definitely something that is earned. And I gave it away. Like I gave it because I didn't want to work on the weekend. Well, I wanted to travel and teach on the weekends. Yeah. And, um, I wanted everyone on that same schedule. Cause it was so, like you said, the numbers just make so much more sense and it's just so yeah. much easier to manage. But, yeah. um, the weekends off is a, is a major flex, major yeah. flex with a salon owner, uh, with an employee based salon, but it's yeah. not, it should not be given. It, sh- it has to be earned. Like, and it has to make sense numbers wise or else you're going to regret it. And then you're going to end up yes. taking it away. And like yes. anything with anything, it's like when you take something away, it's yeah. like you have to give very slowly. Cause if you give too much up front, you cannot take stuff away. Like, or else it's going to yes. be major rock the boat. Yes. And you and I are the same where we're like, we, I love you here. Let's, let's do another raise. Let's do more. Let's do more. And then you're like, um, you know, we're not Santa Claus, you know, yeah, it's, we're not doing anybody a service if we run our salon into the ground and they lose their job because we like over promise, you know, we have to make everything viable so that people can have longevity in their careers and we're not, you know, rocking the boat for them. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, def- it, it, it's hard, you know, you want to, as a salon owner, you want to give your stylist the world, like you love them so much. And then, you know, it, it's like, you, you can't always, you, you do have to lead with wisdom and you do have to be really keep your finger on the pulse of, of the salon and make sure that you're, you're doing things strategically and, you know, in a way that's going to benefit everybody in the long term, not just in the short term. Totally. What does your ideal employee look like? And like, what are your pet peeves? Like if you hear this in an interview, you're turned off or what, what are you looking for and what turns you off? Um, okay. So when I'm interviewing, I, I, I think that people who look at our culture and, you know, we're, we're very present on Instagram and stuff. And so people who kind of like see us, what, what we put out and they're like, I, I'm so drawn to that. Like, that's something like, that's what I want my career to look like. That's already, we're starting off on the right foot because that's number one, like your culture. It's so you fight so hard tooth and nail to keep it smooth and keep it, you know, wonderful for everybody and keep it pleasant for the clients to be around. And if somebody's on board with our culture, that's number one. Um, and then the second thing I look for is like, are they interested in, you know, growing a career and extensions? Cause if they're not, then I don't have anything to offer them. And I know that I can, that it, basically they're going to be a, a short timer. So, um, and you know, I might find somebody who's fabulous and talented and wonderful, but I know I'm going to reach that pain point where like, they're not experiencing growth because they don't want to go in that direction. And I'm, going to lose them and it's going to hurt because I might love them and, you know, it's going to be difficult for them and it's going to rock their career. And I don't want to steer people wrong just out of selfish reasons either. So our, our interviews are very honest and very raw. And we're like, look, like if you, if this isn't something that, you know, you see yourself doing, then you, you might not want to, you know, choose us. Like, it's awesome that, you know, you love your, our culture and everything and like you might fit right in. But at the end of the day, I know that there, I'm going to reach a point where I have nothing left to give you and it's going to be, it's going to hurt me. <laughs> it's going to hurt you. And so we address that in the interview right out the gate. So um, those are the, kind of the two major things that I look for. And then just making sure that um, what we started doing is we started doing a working interview where I'm not looking for skill. I'm looking 
for basically it's like a, tr a, a mini class. I do a mini training session with them. I have them bring in a model and they do a toner or just a basic service, like maybe even a root touch up on their mom or something or a deep conditioning treatment. It doesn't really matter. And, and I just train them on something. I can train them on blowouts, how to do a shampoo massage, um, like, like service experience, making sure they're not splashing the client. And I'm looking for teachability in that moment. Cause I don't care if they're I like, I can teach them how to do color. I can teach them how to formulate. I can teach them how to highlight. I've done those things, you know, many, many times before. And, um, I I'm confident in my ability to do that. However, if, if I have somebody who's not very teachable, then my hands are tied and I won't be able to give them anything. And that's what I'll tell them. I'm like, Hey, I think that like my communication style, like I'm, I'm not able to get it across and, you know, I, I want to make sure that you're learning in an environment that works for you. And sometimes that's watching too. And in that case, that works, that's great. And sometimes, if I, but I can test that out in that time and I could demonstrate something and see if they're able to replicate it after watching me do that immediately. So that's kind of, those are the three major things that I'm looking for. Um, and you know, that's, that's a, the best thing for the salon for me as an owner but also for my team and also for the stylist that I'm interviewing. Cause I don't, I don't want to, there's no benefit to me if I lie to them to try to get somebody who has a beautiful Instagram, who has amazing color skills. If I'm trying to loop them into something that they're really not, you know, interested in that it isn't going to serve them in the long term. And, and what are your pet peeves? Like not pet teachable, but is there yeah. any like pet peeve that like you may see it in the salon and you have to coach right away or like, what are your pet peeves? Oh, like sloppiness, messiness, um, selfishness and unwillingness to help. Um, like it, it's just the wrong spot. <laughs> you know, if somebody is like, oh, that's not my problem or whatever. It's like, actually you work here. It is, you know, and, you know, ultimately it's everybody's benefit to jump on board uh, because you're creating a service experience and you're creating a team environment where people are going to help you too. And it's going to take stress off of everybody and the clients are going to have a great experience and they're going to want to come and fill your books and everyone's going to make more money and it's going to be great. And you're going to get bigger tips and all those beautiful things. So um, if somebody is not willing to step up and help and they're like just creating messes and creating a drain on the entire team and everybody's trying to help them, but it's not returned, it's not like an equally beneficial relationship. That's my biggest pet peeve. I'm like, Meh, it's not going to work. Love that. Um, yeah. And you mentioned bigger tips. Your salon yeah. isn't gratuity free. You you accept gratuity and do you pool tips. Yes. What's the deal? Uh, no, we do not pool tips. We just, they pass straight through. We pass them on to our stylists. Um, I haven't found a need to alter that. It seems to work really, really well for us. And yeah, and they're super appreciated, never expected, but um yeah, it's lovely when we have, you know, some clients that, you know, they'll be just crazy generous. And it's just so fun when you see that pass through to the stylist. And I, I, I'm very happy for them when that happens. I've been asking every salon owner on this series if their salon mm -hmm. is tip free because people are saying like it's the future or tipping is like yeah. bad. And like I, Why? I, 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 I could <laughs> go on and on, but I just wanted to ask real life sonners. Maybe yeah. I've got about 15 people I'm interviewing on this series and maybe someone will be tip free. We'll see, but yeah. I have not heard a yes yet. Um, but I'm sure that is a huge 
bonus to your staff? Oh yeah. Uh, it's to to any stylist, absolutely. Yeah, especially with extensions. I mean, like in your in your salon, in your situation, I'm sure your stylist would be freaking out if yes. um you one day were like, we're gonna go tip free. Yeah, no, totally. And you know who else would freak out is our clients because they. I, I think there was a moment where our like we had a credit card terminal that was kind of glitchy, and if they didn't press the right button, they would lose their opportunity to tip on the credit card terminal. It was it was just weird. We got rid of it. It was it was awkward service wise. Um, like our if our clients weren't able to leave a tip, they got mad at us. <laughs> like they basically were of the mindset that you are taking away from the person who just did an amazing job on my hair. And it, it was my fault as an owner. So that I, I kind of agree with them. So yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't seen the bright side of going tip free yet. So if um, and interested to hear that, but I think that I think the way we do it is wonderful. Yeah. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, another question I'm asking all of the sonners is what are your yeah. thoughts on recruiting in yeah. other words, like poaching from other salons or wow. people poaching from your salon? Uh, another conversation that's been happening in the industry is kind of about like salons are the only companies that don't recruit, like slide into your DM and say like, come work in my salon or you know, what are your thoughts on that? And how do you, you had mentioned like when you find people to interview with you, they're like connected to your culture and social media. So I'll make the assumption that, you know, you're drawing people in with your content and like living it every day. But like, what are your thoughts on that? And feel free to be controversial if you want. I want to hear from all of the salons, um, their thoughts on this. Yeah. Well, um, I, I know for a fact that people do try to poach from us because um, my my stylist always well they'll show me when they get a DM hey you should come work for me or something like that and <clears throat> and it's happened with um, other salon owners who I felt like I had you know a friendship with who like I sat down and you know like had coffee with and tried to encourage and everything and then they'll turn around and try to poach my employees for me but at the end of the day if they succeed that's on me. And, um, if my stylist sees something better out there and if I'm not delivering and they feel a need to go elsewhere, that's on me as a salon owner that I'm not creating, you know, the environment that they're flourishing in, that they feel like there's growth and a future, like the best future. in. like, that's, that's my job. Okay. And, but wait, hold yes. on, hold on, cut yourself some slack there because like they say, you could be like the ripest, juiciest, most delicious mm-hmm. peach in the world. And there will yeah. still be people who don't like peaches. So yes, you could yeah. always be better, but for some people they're just going to move on and it has yeah. nothing to do with you as an owner. It, it's like, true. Does it, but it, for some people, there's nothing you could do to keep them. Like, for example, like if I came to work at your salon and my dream was to do what you do, like, and that's been my dream. And I have that seed planted. Like there's nothing you could do to take that away from me. So like, there's some people who like, you can't beat yourself up or you can't, and I'm not saying you're beating yourself up, but some people like may take that statement and say like, well, they left. It's my fault. You can do Mm -hmm. everything for somebody. They leave. It's like, you know what? I'm still doing a great job. Definitely having self-awareness is key, which I know that's what you're saying, but yeah. like as a salon owner, like don't beat yourself up because not every person is like 
the perfect person for your business. A hundred percent. And that is the flip side to it is that if somebody does leave because they think that it's someplace better or someplace else, they're not on board with your vision anyways. Like they're not, they're not like cool with what you're doing in the first place. And those are that you need those people on your team. Those are the people who you're looking for. So you're like, Hey, if, if somebody gets poached, if they bounce to another salon, then you know, that's an opportunity to find somebody who is like even more on board with your culture and everything that you're creating, who supports your dream and your vision and you as a salon owner, because they believe in what you're doing so much more. And that is so been my experience over the years. And like, I, like the, I feel like the team just keeps getting better and better and better because of it. So like it, it hurts really bad, especially when it's like with colleagues of yours who are, you know, like I said, other salon owners who you thought you were like friends with and stuff. And they're like poaching your girls and they're like, sorry, you know? Uh, but at, at the same time, it's like, cool. It wasn't meant to be like, this is my opportunity to find somebody who's going to be such a bigger, better asset. Cause if that person's willing to jump, you can bet they're not putting their heart into you know, what you're creating. And those are the people who you want. You want it, those people who believe in what you're doing and, you know, the, the vision that you have and that they're on board with it. Otherwise they're, they're going to jump ship and that that's okay. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for me. So I think it's great. Um, but you're not finding your people through poaching. No, I, I don't find it necessary at all because um we or recruiting have, like recruiting looks rec- it doesn't look like poaching to you right recruiting does not look like poaching to me at all because um i found that since we are so niche it, it works really well to grow people up within the system that we have which starts with being an assistant out of school most of the time and then um kind of growing from there and eventually like once they're really well-rounded with their coloring and cutting skills and as, and their service experience and as a stylist and they get the flow of the salon and like what the, the experience is supposed to be. And they're providing a really good service. Then we have those conversations like, Hey, are you ready to, you know, do your extension education and like have a hard level up here? Cause like, that's, that's what the ultimate goal is with us. So it, it's just never been necessary for us to go and, you know, sneak into somebody's DMs because people are usually drawn to us. And I usually have a stack, like a pretty deep stack of people that I'm interviewing whenever one of those positions opens. So that we've, we've kind of gotten to the place where we, we can pick and choose who we bring on and it just starts with assistance and that's training ground. So that's, we're feeling them out, but they're also feeling us out as assistants. And so, you know, that's their chance to learn and that's their takeaway, but they're also kind of like getting a taste of what, what it's like to work at our salon and seeing if it's going to be something that they want to be a part of for the long term because it is a long term thing like that. That's what we're, we're trying to create here is something that works for people for like, five, 10 plus years. Um, so yeah, th- it's, it's just never been something that we've had to rely on to go and, you know, find experienced stylists and try to poach them from other salons. Love that. So you also mentioned earlier that your staff pays for their training. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Yes. So, um, I mean, I've, I've 
paid for enough training <laughs> in um, the past. And, you know, like, and I, I know that you've done, had this experience too, where you're like, Hey, I want to send you to this amazing class. And it costs you an arm in your leg. And you're like, I love this person. I want to reward them. I want to give them something so amazing. I'm going to pay for their travel and send them to this amazing class. And they're like, cool, thanks. And they leave a month later. And they're like, love you. And you're like, okay, great. You know, and um, <laughs> it's it's not happening with extension training, Katie, folks. <laughs> I feel like no, like stylists will leave a salon and talk so much shit. Not every stylist, yeah. I'm not talking about everybody, but they will be like, this place was toxic. This was this, this was that. Or like people have everything to say about salons. Yeah. But what you just described about like even just training someone, paying someone to train and learn and then, yeah. you know, filling their books with clients and yeah. helping them and being there for them and being so invested, not yeah. even sending them like I sent a bunch of girls to 901 I sent a bunch of girls like all over yeah Vidal Sassoon like I send them right. pay for everything and then when they leave it is so hard to be happy for somebody <laughs> when they take that much and they yeah. expect it and the reason I'm bringing this up is because yeah. if you're a salon owner and you're listening to this you're not alone mm -hmm. you need some serious boundaries which Katie's going to share what she does but if yeah. you're a stylist, I will tell you, you will never understand until it happens to you. Like you will never understand until you're a salon owner yourself and you yeah. want to like help and give and grow somebody and you experience that it's like a betrayal, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why salon owners just need those boundaries. They need to find a system that works and they need to be very dedicated to growing people with that abundance mindset, which is something that we've been talking about in the series so far. Mm -hmm. Um, but stylists will never understand until they experience it themselves. Some may have yeah. an, a, a large, an elevated level of empathy where they're like, Oh my God, I can't, I could never, if that happened to me, they might feel what it feels like, but until yeah. it happens to you, like yeah. in salon owners, they will never understand until it happens to them. <laughs> That's why yeah. I wanted to make this series for salon owners. Like I'm talking yes. to salon owners, anyone yes. else listening? Hi, how are you? This is for salon yeah. owners to know you're not alone. Yeah. It's really fucking hard. Um, yeah. and I'm excited because when you told me how you do it, I was just like, damn. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah, I, sorry to cut you off, but like you said, you're like, everyone's been there, take someone, teach them, train them, send them off. And then they, yeah. quit. what do you yeah. do? Um, sorry guys, you got to pay for your own extension education. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. I'm not paying. I mean, it, extension education is just so on another level. My extension education costs more than my college education. So kind of like put that into perspective. And I know Gina, like the amount of, that you put into your education, like is just, it, it just can make somebody weep. You know, it's a house probably. Um, yeah. I always said, if you want to make doctor money, you have to give yourself a doctor education and whatever that looks yeah. like, you know, it could be a mixture of things. It could be college. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of specialized training and it's very mm -hmm. expensive. And I know that every dime that I put into my education, I get back tenfold over five years. 
hundred percent, hundred percent. So when we're talking about extension education, where the classes are five, 10, $15,000 for a lot of like high quality, intense education methods, which is what we want to offer. Cause that's the service we want to offer. And you have everyone train the one, t- the one type of training, one method. Yes. Then it, then we can share clients and they get a consistent experience. So that was number one. And we wanted the most comprehensive in-depth education, which is also probably the most expensive education that you can get. Um, I don't know what you've done. Yes, absolutely. Um, And so because we're all on the same method, it's like, hey, we we have this high standard of service. And so this is the education that and we're and we talk about this day one, this is what you can expect. This is what you should plan for. If this isn't realistic, if this isn't what you're interested in, like the sooner you figure that out, the better for for everybody involved. So and I'm sure that when you have an assistant starting and they're, you know, they know the deal, they know everything. I'm sure you set up some kind of diversion where they could p- take money from their check and put it aside and save up for it. Or like, you, do you help them with that? It, it's totally an option if they want it. But um, I mean, it's if people want to ask for that, but in my experience, people have been able to, they, they haven't had to pay for everything out the gate. They've been able to, as stylists, get on the payment plan that they, that the method has, and it's broken up and they, they've, I mean, it's, is it lean times? Yeah. But it's a sacrifice that you make as a, as a stylist to level up your career. It's what you would do in any case. It's what you do if you open a suite or if you, you know, are trying to enhance your skill set to offer different services is what anybody does. It's the same in our salon. You pay for your education, you sacrifice, you pour your, time, your money, your energy into it. And then that is the, within our structure, once they put that investment in there, I honor it. And we then have this amazing, you know, system where they're, they're making the bucks like they are. And not only that, but then they have the support and the work experience where they can go home and they don't have to think one extra thought about it when they go home at the end of the day, because it's all handled within the salon for them and by the team. So you're feeding them clients. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, it's my job to make sure that everybody's books stay as full as possible. Like I ask people to, you know, stay up to date on taking pictures and social media so that they have credibility so that I can work with something. So the clients have something to look at. It's a a portfolio on social media. Um, But I'm feeding them clients all day long. And, and, you know, for stylists that, you know, they didn't want to proceed with this method in the past or with what we do in the past and they left, like do clients leave with them? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's okay. Those clients can go wherever they want to go. But at the end of the day, the people who stay with me, it's I'm filling up their books. And so they get extension clients for me. Absolutely. Yes. Are you open to sharing maybe your favorite way that you're able to fill their books? Like for someone maybe who is a salon owner who needs help keeping their staff Mm -hmm. busy or possibly for an extensions artist who was like, how the hell do I fill my book with extensions people? If you're looking to become an educator in the beauty industry, but you just don't know where to start 
or if you're struggling with that imposter syndrome, like who am I to be an educator? We have the program for you. It's called Educate with Influence. It has been created by myself and my business partner, Olivia Thompson, also known as OMG Artistry. We created this program to help bridge the gap between educator and influencer because let's be honest, in today's day and age, you need both skill sets to become successful, especially if you want to become an independent educator. This is critical because brands will not even look at you if you don't have a following and if you don't have experience. The competition is big. So we created this course to give you a leg up in the industry and to just share with you how to do it because there's nothing in the industry like it. This course is made up of three modules and a ton of bonus content. The first module is how to become an educator, how to teach, how to be a good presenter, how to deliver a message, how to make sure your students get the most from your classes, how to organize a classroom and to manage a classroom. Then the next module is with Olivia and she teaches you how to cultivate your influence, how to build, manage, and grow your social media platform. And we even do live coaching calls so you can ask us any questions that you have while you're building your education program. The next module is with me. It's a hefty module. We talk about transforming your art into a business. We talk about how to tour, how to decide what to teach, how to build a lesson plan, how to organize events, ticketing, payments, pricing, everything. We talk about it all. And again, we do those live sessions. So if we missed anything or you have a unique thing that you need help with, we're here to help you. We also have a community of incredible educators who have completed the program and who want to help you succeed. If you're interested in Educate with Influence, visit www.educatewithinfluence.com to learn more or to sign up today. Yeah, yeah. So, but kind of going back to, you know, having, putting yourself in the client's shoes and um, thinking from their perspective, I'm about to spend, you know, two, three, four thousand $4,000 in a salon, you know, maybe there's a lot of color work, work leading up to it too. And how can you build that credibility where you earn their trust? where they want to spend that money with you. And no one's going to like this answer. We worked really hard on our Yelp. And it sucks. It's hard. It's not fair sometimes. But if you, if you, you know, create, you know, a service experience where people are that in love with it, and they're having that good of a time in their salon, and it's that wonderful people if you ask them people will leave you good reviews wherever that may be whether it's they submit a testimonial we've even asked clients to film a testimonial video for us and um about their ex- extension experience and they're like yes 100 on board with it and you know i think kind of just putting feelers out and and you would know more than i do kind of like the power of social media and oversaturation right now, social media is only going so far with, you know, posting beautiful pictures, because guess what, there's a there's a 100,000 amazing stylists out there posting pictures that are just as beautiful, and if not more beautiful than what we're doing. And, um, and if it just came down to that, that would be one thing. But I think that now because there is such a breadth, and such such a vast amount of you know, beautiful content on social media, 
it's like we have to work a little bit harder to earn people's trust and earn people's business than just posting beautiful pictures. And um, it's going to be client connection too. Like, do they know who we are as people? Like, are we being authentic with how we share ourselves? And like, do people feel comfortable with us as, you know, stylists? And, you know, they spend so much time with us. Do they feel like they know us? And, you know, or are we just, you know, a series of beautiful blonde, you know, pictures that there's, you know, no, no connection with us as human beings on top of that. So I think that the, I, in my experience, what I'm seeing is that word of mouth is regaining traction here a lot. Like I, back in when we started Gina, like we were handing out our cards and we were asking for referrals, right? I was putting flyers and, on cars. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so, um, I'm not saying that that's where it's going. I'm saying that it's the word of mouth and kind of like building credibility with people is going to be what it takes to earn, earn their trust. And, you know, we've priced ourselves and we've gotten our skill level to a place where when clients get their hair done, it's an investment and it's an experience and it's, hours and hours of training that we've put into it to create, you know, take color is not what it was when we started, like there's no more 10 foil partial highlights. And if, if there are, you know, it, it's a look, you know, um, but you know, services are just so much more above and beyond what they used to be. It's not, we're not spending an hour and a half with clients. We're spending four hours with clients doing their color. And so like earning, the credibility behind that with a client, it, it's like, if you want to offer a service that's at that level, like you have to make sure that they know what's what you put in behind that to create that experience and what that looks like for them. And um, what what they're spending their money on, because everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing the industry, like we've all caught up with each other. So I, I mean, who knows what's next, but I, word of mouth is powerful right now. Absolutely. And your website is really good. I was just going through your whole, like looking at your website yeah. really quick. Um, yeah. I love your website. Like, it's gotta be I love strong it. and informative. Like it has to answer all the questions and you have to, if somebody wants to book an appointment with you, make it easy for them. Don't oh, and everything is the same price. You all charge yeah. the same price. Yes. Yes. It's consistent. It. It's transparent. It's, um, we quote, if something's going to be like drama with like color correction wise, um, and we have to do additional work, we address that in the consultation. That's something that we train on. And, um, sometimes like if we're in color correction territory, we write everything down on a waiver and we have a client sign a waiver and that may sound excessive, but like there's uh, clients appreciate the transparency and they appreciate the warnings. And those are built into that. So, um, yeah, if you put like, if, if you make all the information all available there and you answer their questions and you gain their trust with what you put out and make it easy for them to book an appointment, like be responsive. That's like, you're going to fill your books. It's yeah. service. You're in the service industry. If you're not serving, what are you, what are we doing? <laughs> you know? hundred percent. All right. So we're down to our final two questions. Okay. What advice would you give to a stylist who wants to open a salon? Um, really understand why, why you want to own a salon. 
because um, it, it's not for funsies. It's not to, you know, hang out with your friends and, you know, decorate. Like you have to, you're signing up for a lot. You're signing up to wear so many hats, especially at the beginning when you're building systems, when you're deciding what kind of model you want, you know, you might, you might have to get a, not like a formal business education, but on the fly, you might have to, as you go pick up a business education. It's huge. You like, you learn so much going into it. Um, and, and really understand how much you want to invest into it. If you want to be more of a landlord and just kind of do your own clients and then surround yourself with like cool, chill stylists and have a, a beautiful environment and you want a rental salon, then understand like really kind of think in advance, how are you going to be competitive? I was not competitive as a rental salon. That's why I had to pivot um, location wise and everything. Like I just, I didn't have it. And so like, really understand what's going to set you apart, what's going to draw the stylist to you. And if you are providing clients, what is your plan for providing clients to those stylists? What are your amenities? Are you, if you do have a rental salon, are you competing with other rental salons? Or are you competing with other, you know, like, what's your competition? Because like, that's what I think, like, is, is my competition you know, who, who is it out there? And how, how am I going to stay competitive? And how am I going to stay current? And what is my market? Is my market to attract stylists? Or is my market to attract, you know, clients? Right now, my market is to attract clients. <laughs> you keep going and going and going. I, I look at this. Is, like This is honesty, because that's, that's where your mind is going to have to go. Your mind is it's, you have to cover all these bases. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? And are you ready to have your heart broken along the way? Because it's going to happen. Facts. And I just, it just, I'm giggling because you're so dialed in on your vision and all of the things you just listed, rewind it. All the things you listed and everything we talked about today go into that vision of being a leader, the leader's Mm -hmm. vision. And I think when you are going to open a salon, if you're a stylist who wants to, that's like the top thing is to have that vision Mm -hmm. super clear. And you could pivot along the way. Both of us have pivoted so much in our business, but once we have our vision and we, we, that is like our guide is our vision. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to fail and it's okay to pick yourself back up, but just be prepared. It's not all rainbows and kittens. It's, it's hard work. It's heartbreaking work and it's so rewarding. And if this is your heart to lead a team and if it's your heart to create a beautiful space and to, you know, do all the things and you're okay with everything that comes with that, you know, cleaning the bathrooms and doing the spreadsheets and, you know, keeping everything dialed in and, you know, hiring and firing and taking people to tasks and all that's all part of it. There's no getting away from it. Then, and that excites you, then go for it (laughs) because it's, it's so, so rewarding. And I can tell you now that the team that we have and the, and every day I go into work, I'm so fulfilled And, you know, like financially, it's been amazing. I I, like the relationships that I have with the people that I work with, like they satisfy me on so many levels and it's worth it. It's worth fighting for. I would say it's worth fighting for. Love that. Okay. Last question is what do you think every salon owner 
should know or realize in this day and age? Like, what do you just wish every salon owner knew? Like if you had one thing to say to all the salon owners in the world Mm -hmm. or something you want them to know, what is it? I'm going to share a pro tip with y'all. You need to check out MarloBeauty.com for your beauty supplies. They have everything you could possibly need for your hair, nail, or spa business. They ship right to your salon, and trust me when I say that you're not going to find prices this low anywhere else. If you're a licensed professional, you can make a free account and start shopping in about five minutes. Marlo Beauty Supply will never ever sell to your clients. They're pro only and totally dedicated to helping you build your business. Head to MarloBeauty.com today and start saving. Pros in the know, go to Marlo. How do you talk about damage with your clients? Damage causes that frizzy, dull, and lackluster look. I love to fix all damage concerns with K18. Using K18 with all services reverses damage for better, longer-lasting results between salon visits. Powered by Biotech, K18's patented molecular repair technology powers deeper, lasting repair in just two steps. Their Pro Mask and Mist are loved by top stylists globally, and I know you will love K18 too. Upgrade your services and your clients' routines with professional pricing at Salon Centric, k18hairpro.com, or through your local K18 distributor. Um, be, be okay with change because like the saddest thing is when you see somebody who, you know, poured so much into opening a beautiful space and they're, and like, I was in that spot too, where it's like, why, why isn't this working out? You know, and all this, and if you aren't okay with change and you go down with the ship, like that is the saddest thing to me because I know how much went into it. Cause I was there too, Gina, you were there too. And it's like, you put so much into opening a salon and so much heart and soul. And when, you know, if, if you're not willing to step into that unknown and do the scary things and take that next step and change and pivot and grow, then it's like, I, I don't want to see your hard work die because I know what that feels like. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. So change, do it. Like the world is changing. We got to keep up with it. It's exciting, you know, like stay motivated because of it. Like your team is looking to you to be motivated and to what's there. They want the next best thing. Everybody is. And if that's with you, if you provide that to them and you make that change for them, it's going to be so rewarding, even if it's not the right change at first, even if you, even if you have to pivot again and again, that's okay. Do it because you will land on what works for you and you will find your people and it's going to be the best thing you ever did. I love it. Thank you so much, Katie, for all your time and amazing advice. And I think it's so awesome what you're doing and amazing Sacramento, my favorite city to teach, by the way. Um, I love Sacramento. And now you have a bigger salon for me. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We, we have a beautiful space coming through and um, I, 
and as I'm setting it up, I'm like, you know, if it doesn't work for Gina, we got to change something, but I think it's going to be so much better. And so I'm so excited to, uh, to host you, but, um, you're, I, I saw today you posted that your baby's the size of a banana. So that's even more exciting. I know I've never been more excited for anything, but remember I said yeah. last time I was in California, I'm like, I'll be back in three years. Everyone's just yeah. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll see you in three years. We'll be ready for you with a bigger, better, beautiful space. And so it's going to be wonderful. Fantastic. Yeah. And you know how fast time goes and I just can't wait to see what else you do in that time. And I'm so happy for you. So proud of you. I love you. I always love talking love to you. you. So thank Same. you so much again. And do you want to tell everyone where they could find you guys? Yes, you could find us on Instagram at Rarity Salon. Um, and our website is raritysalon.com. And you can kind of keep up on all the fun things we're doing. We got lots of lots of brand new, exciting things. So if you're interested in following our future pivots and kind of like checking out our culture and um, how we put ourselves out there, that's where you've got to look. Awesome. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you everyone for listening. And we'll see you all on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to Salon Ownership Unfiltered. This series has been so fun to record. I've learned so much from all of the amazing guests, and I'm so grateful that I'm able to provide this amazing free resource to all of you. It wouldn't be possible without all of my sponsors, my mastermind group, and Educate with Influence because those amazing people and businesses support this free education. So please check Check out all the sponsors. Visit ginabianca.com slash podcast to get all of the information and more resources attached to this episode. I would also love to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you're loving the podcast. All right, that's it. I'll talk to you guys soon and hope you have a wonderful day and I'll see you on the next one.